Hey everyone, welcome to Happy Vibes, a podcast that will make you smile. We chat weekly over wines to amazing women who empower, enrich, inspire and create. Come along with us and enjoy the Happy Vibes. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Happy Vibes. Today I'm joined by Chloe Lawback, our resident in-house pelvic floor expert, overall just great chick. Um, and for those of you who um, don't know her personally like I do, um, I like to think that she actually pioneered kind of women's health and fitness pre and postnatal. 20 years ago, she started Fit to Deliver. Only a week ago, she finished her, her master's in positive psychology. Yes. Chloe, welcome to Happy Vibes. Ah, thanks for having me. So good to be here, Jules. This episode of Happy Vibes is brought to you by Fit to Deliver. Pilates classes adapted to create a fun, safe and effective exercise environment for you during and after your pregnancy. Led by Chloe Lawback with over 20 years experience and supported by a number of expert physios, log on to fittodeliver.com.au to find out more and sign up now. So tell us, what was your inspiration or what was the, I guess, niche in the market of starting Fit to Deliver all those years ago? Well, I always had a real interest in pregnancy and even as a kid, I thought I wanted to be a gynecologist. I was always fascinated with women's health stuff like periods and I don't know why, pregnancy, I just loved it. So um, it was a natural choice for me to do physio or medicine um, and then physio was the thing that ended up working out and I just have streamlined straight into women's health, going on to do some postgrad study because I really just wanted to, to help women have an awesome pregnancy experience wow. and have a really great recovery and just to you know give everyone the best chance to optimize their experience of becoming a mum. That's amazing and so I imagine that if you, you're saying this happened very early in your um, academic life you didn't even have children when you became fascinated with not only the vagina but the pregnancy experience. Yeah totally and I always I don't know why it seems like kind of strange upon reflection but I was always the one sharing with my friends, like telling them about vulval health and vagina stuff. But I'm talking in grade two. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just been an innate interest of mine. And it was just great that I was able to forge a career that was so in line with what I was interested in and what, and what I wanted all women to know. I used to feel frustrated that women didn't really understand mm-hmm. their own bodies and how their bits work. And, uh, yeah, it just made sense to find a platform to educate women. And, you know, my Pilates classes were sort of like a non-threatening way for me to take the stage and teach women all about their own bodies. Well, I think that's fascinating because isn't that quite um, unusual, I would say. I'd go so far as to say unusual that we can have a pretty powerful piece of anatomy that we know nothing about. And not only don't we know anything about it, we're actually scared to ask questions about it. Yeah. And so you created this destination where women can not only come and feel fit and healthy, but a really safe space to start talking about their body and their health and their pelvic floor health. And you often start those conversations in your classes, don't you? Yeah, and it just suddenly normalises something that might be a bit taboo. And I don't understand why it is a bit taboo, um, especially during pregnancy, which just seems like a really natural time mm. to explore your own body and understand how everything works. I remember when I started physio school, which was 1994, there was in our anatomy textbook, which was obviously written a few years prior to that, there was no mention of the clitoris and the whole vagina was less than a page. Wow. But if you compare that to the penis and testes, there's like pages and pages of anatomy knowledge about that and nothing about the vagina. And I just thought, 
what how is how you know even doctors unless they're interested and do more research aren't going to know about just basic stuff about how your vagina works and I think we should know that Absolutely. And look, I'm only speaking from my own, I guess, circle of reference and the conversations I have with my friends. And I feel like some of the fear comes from not necessarily being able to compare your vagina to other vaginas. And there's this constant kind of need to seek, I guess, advice or expert opinion. Is this normal? Yeah. And so is that kind of a common thread of conversation that you face in your day-to-day? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody wants to know how they compare to others I've seen. And so it's a pretty privileged position to be a pelvic The vagina queen. I love it. <laughs> like, either I've seen more vaginas than most women. And men. And probably. And men. <laughs> Definitely more than men. And so I am, um, yeah, everyone's really anxious that there's yeah. going to be weird or different. Mm-hmm. But it's like so many elements of women's health. Like we just want to know that we're normal. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with, you know, the way things look, but the way you feel. And I just think it's helpful to provide some reassurance that there's a broad range of normal and, you know, to, to make sure that people feel good about where they're at. And if, if there's things that they need to, like strengthening muscles, for example, mm-hmm. that's such a simple thing. It's sort of like when you want to get fit. It's the same kind of analogy. So if there's things you want to work on, then work on them. But like own where you are and then own where you want to be and then work towards getting there. So, so I believe in my mind, again, to use the same turn of phrase, I've got to come up with some new language. Um, you know, how do you recognise... A, you've got a problem that might need to be addressed by an expert such as yourself. And what perhaps would be the three most common, I guess, concerns women would come to you with in regards to their pelvic floor and vagina strength? Yeah, so that's a great question, Jules. The three things, this is what, and this is what I try to inspire discussion about Mm -hmm. in my classes without anyone specifically in mind. But the three things that people come to me for, one is usually um, a feeling of, Lock, less, less sensation in their pelvic floor muscles mm-hmm. in general after having a baby. Right. So they describe like a feeling of just, you know, like low libido, general kind of not interested. When they do have sex, their orgasms are sort of lackluster. Um, so that's a really common one. So people come and talk about just like, is there anything I can do to sort of zhuzh up that department? Mm-hmm. The second one that's really common that I see in my clinic is um, women with overactive pelvic floor muscles and it's usually they've been super diligent in doing their pelvic floor muscles and they've kind of gone a bit too too hardcore, which is only... too tight. Yeah, too too tight. (laughs) Um, And it's all about balance, isn't it? You you want to have muscles that are effectively switching on when you need them and switching off when you also Mm -hmm. want to relax. Um, But that's also our demographic. That's um, high achieving, you know, people just giving it their all. Um, not just broadly speaking. And then the third thing would be stress urinary incontinence, which is the involuntary loss of urine with leaky, with coughing or sneezing. Yeah. So or trampolining. Yeah, trampolining. <laughs> or yelling at your kids. So, yeah. right. so that's the kind of thing that's pretty cool. common in the third trimester of pregnancy, pretty common early in postnatal. Yeah. Um, people come to me to, to seek help with how to get past that. Yeah. And that's all those things, actually, um, those people really benefit from having some some expert pelvic yeah. health assessment. And to those of you listening, if you are listening, no doubt you do know that Happy Vibes is a podcast by the team at Happy Collective, who this year have introduced the Smile Maker collection of vibrators. And while this isn't a theme of all our podcasts, I think what's really interesting is Chloe's point on weak orgasms. Yeah. And um, while a vibrator can't 
make you have a strong orgasm, strong pelvic floor can. And so there's a nice little connection there. So how does like pelvic floor connect with orgasms? Well, when you have an orgasm, it the response from your muscles is to have a strong contraction of your muscles, mm -hmm. among other stuff. But if the muscles are really weak, say from delivery or from mm -hmm. post-childbirth, then the muscles just can't contract with enough force to give a good sensory experience. And so often that's, I have these really interesting, fun, strange conversations where, you know, women have to try and practice having orgasms <laughs> to try and get their own mojo back before they can bring that to their partner. Yeah. Like adding your partner in is a whole other level of stuff going on. So it's like getting back, like it's back to basics. It's like have a look in the mirror at the difference, how, how things look. Get comfortable with it. Um, then, you know, maybe maybe explore, maybe touch and feel and see if you feel comfortable touching yeah. any scar tissue. Like everything has to feel non-painful to start with yeah. before you can start going towards experiencing pleasure. So it's all about getting back into just, you know, really understanding yourself mm -hmm. and then you'll be so much more confident approaching all of that in the, with your partner. So, I love it. And I think from what you're saying, it sounds like a lot of it's... Um, so there's some real physical barriers that yeah. women face, but there's also some psychological barriers, which I think for a lot of us are even harder to face because yeah. how do I know if I have a, a, a weak orgasm or a strong orgasm and do I want to address it? Do I address it with my partner and expert? So for yeah. me, that feels really psychological because yeah. it's like, yeah, how do you kind of yeah, come to that realisation? Exactly. There's a, there's there's so much more going on than just physical. Mm. So you go to your six-week check with your obstetrician or your doctor and they're like, yeah, everything's healed well. Yeah. You know? So it's just physical, like the skin has healed. But there's so much more to it. And it's, I, I think the thing that people explain to me a lot is that they just lose their mojo. You know, yeah. They just really lose their mojo and they're kind of not interested. They've got no libido. And so we discuss ways of trying to build that up, whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, there's lots of different ways. And, you know, the products, the, the Happy Collective have got some great products for people to help. If And not every, that's not everyone's cup of tea, yeah. but it's just another way to really allow access to exploring what feels good for you in a really non-threatening way. Yeah, and also by yourself. And yeah. the, the products are just for um, solo. They are for kind of used in a couple. But I think this is a really kind of... Um, fun topic to discuss and I believe this could be one of the reasons you recently or a couple of years ago decided to go back and do some psychology and um, actually turn this interest of yours into helping people with their physical barriers but also perhaps get some more expertise on the psychological front. Yeah totally it's just made so much sense to see okay we can do so much in the physical realm but then that's just not really helping the whole woman and so positive psychology is all about kind of instead of going from minus 10 to zero, you know, like depression and anxiety back to zero, you kind of want to, what, don't, do we just aim for no illness? No, we want to be thriving and flourishing in our life. So it's like, how do we go from a zero where we're just kind of like doing okay to nailing it, to, yeah. you know, to a five or a 10? So I was really interested in whether or not, oh, I, actually I was interested to discover the science that supports this whole new area of positive psychology. So rather than focusing on, illness or lack you're really focusing on what you can do to make yourself feel better and thrive more in your life and there's actual easy stuff that you can that you can do and that that way you're addressing your whole self you know so physically you feel better and you've, you're healing well and you're strong and you're healthy and you're fit 
and you know your own body. But then what, you know, what do you want out of your life and what, how do you want to feel? How do you want to show up? What are your goals? All that stuff. So that's incredible. So positive psychology is actually a new course, is it? Yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah, it's only like the last 20 years. So that's pretty new in sciences. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. It's evolved probably in that 20 years as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's evolved heaps. And it takes time for research to happen. And Mm -hmm. so that's why now there's lots of research. And some of it's really familiar to us. And some of it's just like advice that your nana would have given you. But there's actual science to it, you know, about being grateful and being optimistic and things that really help women, I think, because often we're so down on ourselves. Mm. And, you know, it breaks my heart. Yeah, it, it breaks does. my heart, particularly new mums. I just feel like, honestly, there's so much loneliness oh. and sadness and sort of your loss of identity and kind of working out where you fit in the world. Mm. It's massive. There's so Huge. much to, to negotiate and to navigate. And so I, I think, you know, there's, there's skills that you can slot in to yeah. help manage that. And you mentioned kind of, you know, turning up and being your best self. And that's something I very much know you to be, Chloe. It's like it's very rare that you don't turn up to something and deliver more than 100%. Um, but then you've, met, you've mentioned becoming a mum and how challenging that can be. And I guess I want to throw in the compounding nature of having a baby this year in a pandemic. <laughs> Um, which, just you know, especially like if you're a first-time mum, um, and I guess what communities like you've created, so the Fit to Deliver community, I believe that you've created not just in Bayside, you, Mulvern, Albert Park, it's quite a big business. Um, it's not just about um, your pelvic health. It's about this community and creating a space where people feel connected. So, yeah. you know, I'd love you to kind of talk about Fit to Deliver and what it's actually meant, to be honest, being closed and how have you thought about these mothers who no longer have had access to this oh. service that you provided for two decades? Yeah, well, what it's done is it's made it crystal clear about how bloody important it is to mm. have social connection. And social connection and relationships are highly correlated with well-being. So mm-hmm. high well-being means you've got great flourishing relationships and we've just been forced to, to miss out on social connection these last seven months while we've been locked down with a new baby. I feel like those, like the early days of having a baby, you need so much support and you need peer support. So your husband doesn't really get it, right? He goes up back. I remember being furious at Matt because I rang him and he was having um, birch and easily in Collins Street and I was like, you know, just hating it. What? In Collins Street? Yeah. Having yeah. actual yeah. breakfast? Yeah. Actual breakfast with <laughs> actual real people. mother's group or um, people two or three mates going Mm. through with the same age children or similar age children that support is just so necessary and you don't know what you've got till it's gone right Mm. so now these so now coming back into the studio only this week so exciting and just all of us a little bit with trepidation because we haven't no one's been out much and suddenly just feeling that relaxing into that comfort of the social connection and the women supporting each other the wisdom in the room. I always talk about the wisdom in the room. Just these wise women that have got so much to offer and so much to share and the little freshly pregnant women just soaking it all in and soaking mm-hmm. in that, you know, it's almost like osmosis. They just soak it in. Yeah, yeah. it fills your bucket. And it's funny that Chloe just mentioned wisdom because I was in my first Pilates class this morning with Miss Lorba mm-hmm. and it was with a group of women I didn't actually know. And typically, you know, you do the same class with the same people and I just booked in as soon as I could. And I thought to myself, I'm speaking to Chloe later. She made this comment in the class that was about 
the, the, the magical wisdom that she kind of learns from all of her clients because mm-hmm. there's a huge age demographic. It isn't just for people um, pre and postnatal. It's recovering from injury. It's people who just love the environment. Mm-hmm. And so in our class today, we would have had probably close to 70-year-old, yep. maybe down to a 28-year-old yeah. and everything in between. Yeah. And there's a lot of pearls of wisdom. There is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's another whole area that's just so underdone like older women who just don't have a voice in media Mm. at all and here they are with the prime opportunity to share love and wisdom with with you know others who are treading the path after them and it's beautiful it's gorgeous yeah so it's yeah it's and it's thinking about the 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 needs of the woman which is so much more than physical there's a whole emotional component and the social connection the relationships that you form are just so imperative to flourishing. Yeah. And I hope that the girls who've had a baby this year are finding ways to connect yeah. with their buddies and or with their online mothers groups and you need it. You really need it. You do. And I think um, on that token, Chloe, so you talked about connections. Yeah. Um, this year has been challenging for everybody. And I guess speaking to someone who's actually had a business who relied on, I guess, face-to-face contact, mm. both of your businesses have had to kind of shut down. Yeah. How have you worked through this and what have been your coping mechanisms to continue to turn up and to deliver Chloe? So one of my top strengths is optimism, which is actually not always good, right? Like I'm overly optimistic. I always estimate it's going to take me the least amount of time to get somewhere. I never factor in like traffic or car parking or anything, as you know. So I initially I was really shocked. I didn't know what to do. I've never not worked. I've always gone back to work pretty soon after having the kids. I really, my work defines me. I love it. And I was doing a talk with an obstetrician who I work with, a colleague, mm. and I was freaking out to him to say, I don't know what to do. And, he's, and he, his pearl of advice was just treat this like long service leave. <laughs> you know, be creative with your time. Look at what you can do. And so we came up with all these offerings that I would never have really thought to offer, like our yep. online classes sort of seemed yep. like a no-brainer. But then I made up this ISO retreat. Yep. We did like a three-day ISO retreat. We did little um, webinars. We had, you know, little little catch-ups with drinks online, staff drinks and stuff like that. I mean, everyone was just evolving yeah. on the go. And coming back to work, I'm, I'm keeping some of that, you know, cool. that slowness. Yeah. Um, and hopefully that's, you know, we all are. Yeah. Just, a, COVID sucks, but there's a few silver linings mm-hmm. and we have to try and remember. I think we have to try and take what we can from yeah. you know, some of the awful bits of the of the last few months. Yeah, silver linings, it's interesting. And I wonder, yeah, I haven't even thought about what mine are. Like, I've definitely made some new friends in my five-kilometre radius. Yes, totally. And they're going to stay friends. So all of those people, don't think you're getting ditched just because yeah. I have a broader <laughs> access to more people now. So I think that's a silver lining. And the neighbours and stuff. Yeah. Like just Everyone's been more willing to be chatty mm-hmm. and, and wave because yeah. no one's in a massive hurry. Or we weren't. Already the track yeah. is building up and it's all getting cray-cray. But it was just like a really nice slowness and a nice routine to the day that was yeah. pretty slow. We missed each other desperately. Yeah. And, you know, you miss all the fun stuff. There's not – I didn't really love wearing leggings every day. You want to get no. dressed up from time to time. But there was a lot of good stuff too. Time with the kids, the slowness. Yeah. And you'll never forget it. It'll be a year that ha- kind of punctuates, you know, how we define our life. Yeah. We'll remember this forever. Totally. Um, and not only this, we've now got the Trump election and, you know, coming out of lockdown, 2020 is proving to deliver a lot. However, you know, everybody hates a positive Pollyanna all the yeah, time. Yeah. And so, you know, yes, we're happy vibes, but I know some people would love to hear 
what were some of the biggest challenges that you had to face and perhaps how did you end up overcoming them or if you didn't like what, what are your plans to not let you be faced with that again yeah so i ended up um so a couple of weird things that i discovered was even so i'm, I'm really used to being in touch with my work community and my friends mm-hmm. and that's really important to me mm-hmm. and so then we we were relocated down the coast um so we were locked down down there and so I wasn't seeing anyone and I started to realise that I was going sort of like into my shell and I not, didn't see anyone, then I didn't want to see anyone and I was realising that it was a bit dangerous. Like it's sort of easy to just slip into yeah, it. Yeah, ignore everyone's calls and whatever. So that's why teaching online was really helpful. I have to pick myself up, dust myself off, pop my little lip gloss on and, and press play. And I'd say to the girls every time, you know, I was feeling like shit, like a 2 out of 10 at the start of this class and now I feel like I'm bubbling away at a 10 out of 10. It reminded me every single time of that power of connection and just seeing, uh, interacting with other people. It was also really challenging with my relationship. I haven't spent that long with my husband ever. Yeah. He works really hard. I work hard. We haven't spent that like day after day after day. I had to really learn kindness and compassion. Hmm. And there were days when he would walk away and I'd be like, hmm, behind his back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and roll my eyes and just be like, are you serious, mate? So kindness, I was really pulling deep, digging deep yeah. to try and be kind mm-hmm. and try and see the big picture. And I think that's what was really helpful is just like this too shall pass. So my kids were driving me crazy with homeschooling sometimes. And I think, what well, you know, it's this is a shit day. Doesn't mean all the rest of the days are going to yeah. be shit. Today's shit. I'm yeah. hating it. I'm feeling like crap. I'm, I'm, you yeah. know, I feel gross. And then tomorrow, for whatever reason, it's not the same. So I yeah. think it's important to allow yourself to have those really. Yeah, exactly. It's like totally normal. You can't yeah. feel great all the time. And when you have them, you kind of call yourself out and go, you know what? Today I'm just going to eat ice cream for yeah. dinner. But then tomorrow I'm going to try going on a juice cleanse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, moderation is definitely key. <laughs> Just like do yeah. it. Recognise right. what you want. Yeah, and also I had to force myself to do the stuff that makes me feel better. So like I wanted to just wallow. Some days I wanted mm-hmm. to wallow and I'd go like and get back into bed and I think, oh, that's just, it's not going to really help. Go for, go for a walk, get out of nature, go for a walk by yourself, listen to a podcast, mm-hmm. grab a coffee, you know, and then you like, you can snap yourself out of it. Yeah. But it's, but it's a skill. And this is what I learned. So I've always been pretty happy, pretty happy-go-lucky, and I had to dig deep. For for the first time in a long time, I realised these skills are actually really important and you've got to have a repertoire of stuff that makes you feel better. And I think you have recognised that recognising that you're in a funk or a slump is really important. And yeah. that doesn't mean you have to get out of it straight away. Yeah. But I think having some tactics, like if you want to, if you're one of those people who just want to give yourself a 48 hour, 72 hour break, do yeah. it. But then know how you can get yourself out of that funk. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, the, the kind of the food funk or, yeah. or the connection funk. Like, you know, I haven't spoken to anyone for six days. No, it's okay. I don't need to speak to anyone. Yeah. It's fine. Because the less you speak to people, the less you want to. Yeah. Kind of like sex. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the less you do oh it, the less you want so, it. So it's the Nike hashtag track, just do it. Just, right? do, just it. do it. And the more you do it, the yeah. more you want it. Exactly. Nice segue. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so true. So true. And so I think, because um, not everybody listening to our really successful high listenership podcast knows yeah. about Chloe. And so I'll give a little intro. So you've got three boys. Yeah. Husband, base, base side. What else is like? Can you tell us it's about your person? 
that makes you you outside of his? Yeah, so um, I've discovered that I really love hiking recently, like about a year or so ago, and I love track running. So I've always been trail running. Yeah. What is trail running? I it's like running in the bushes. Ultra marathons, <laughs> people. High achiever. Well, I just didn't like. I just I, I've always liked like running, but I yeah. just then, then I went. I did a few events, a few like trail running is becoming quite big. It's big overseas. A few events, and you just go like drive for an hour and then run around in the mountains. It's actually oh. beautiful. So I realised that nature and exercise together really fill up my bucket. Um, I love hanging out with my mates. I like spontaneous plans. I'm a really bad organizer in advance. I get like anxious if I've got too many things going on. But I love being super busy. Mm. Um, studying was awesome. I love learning. I'll definitely do more study. I just love it. I love I love being enrolled at Melbourne Uni just to do anything. <laughs> and she's a career academic. People watch this space. I really sense a doctorate, PhD. But I can, I've asked Chloe yeah. to give us a break. We yeah, can't handle yeah. it. So I'm pretty nasty. Twelve months. It's not, it's not nasty all the time, just during those four weeks oh, where the assignment's looming. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not so good at organising myself to be ready. Do you cook. love to cram? Yeah, love to, I love to cram. That's my style. Yeah, I'm over-optimistic and um, I always think I'm going to get it done. And guess what? It always does. Yeah. So why do it any other exactly. way? Because then yeah. we have grumpy Chloe for two years. Exactly, forget that. <laughs> we don't want that forget at all. That. Yeah. So, look, it's interesting. There's been so much happening in the world and I feel like our minds have been really cluttered with um, negativity, mm. COVID, um, Victorian state politics, the battles. What I've actually enjoyed, even though it's still politics, is the American election. Wow. It's enabled me to take myself out of our own very localised drama yeah. and put myself into a much bigger issue, yeah. which is Trump and the yeah. election and also the state of affairs in terms of the pandemic in America. So, you know, without kind of deeping too dively, yeah. diving <laughs> too deeply <laughs> into – and I had to finish that because I knew where I was yeah, going. Yeah. And I clocked it, but I just decided to finish it. Got to keep um, What's kind of your take on what's going on globally, pandemic-wise, otherwise, all this crap outside of our own little nation? Well, it's fascinating because it's so frightening. Like, mm. you think about the um, – you know, the countries that little old Australia has always looked up to, like mm-hmm. um, the United Kingdom and the U.S., and it's really frightening to see how poorly the leadership has rolled out in recent times. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of makes, yeah, it's really frightening to watch, particularly the pandemic is just so frightening to see that just running rampant through the US and the UK and Europe. Um, but it just highlights how important good leadership is mm-hmm. and it highlights how weird people are you know like how there's these elected yeah just i get it how how, many, how can how can how can the reality tv show semi-celebrity whoever is billionaire lead a country you know what he can almost get re-elected almost get re-elected so that's pretty frightening but how also, exciting about like the first female prime minister oh, yeah. prime minister the first female vice president vice VP, that's on. amazing and I also look at um, New Zealand and what a shining light they've been this year in just Jacinda Ardern leading the way with poise and grace, you know, not shying away from being a mother or, you know, a partner and running a country so effect- effectively and efficiently. And I think that that's been really interesting. Yeah. It's sort of like 
you know, Australia by default has got a bit of that good part. Yeah, I love that. You know, we've got our little our little population that we've actually managed to manage this second wave eventually. Um, yeah, but globally it's pretty frightening. And it does make me reconsider. Like, I just would have, I love the idea, we love travelling, mm-hmm. and I just love the idea of jumping on a plane and, you know, in 22 hours you can be anywhere. And I used to yeah. think, like, living in London is no big deal because 21 hours later you're home. Yeah. But it just goes to show that that's not true. Like, And it really makes me feel even more grateful for what we've got on our own doorstep. 100%. So as we all plan our holidays to Marysville and Bright <laughs> and Cobram and, you know, Places where we previously haven't holidayed. Yeah. And we're excited about that. Can't wait to yeah. spend money in regional Victoria. Yeah. And, you know, bring it back. Bring yeah. it back. I don't want to be locked into my own four work walls. No. But I think it's taken what's happened to Victoria, then over the last few weeks being kind of acutely aware about what's happening in the US, yeah. to be grateful. And I am totally. grateful now. I still have my own kind of views around what's happened, but this yeah. isn't a podcast on politics. But I am grateful that I can now leave my house. Yeah. We're in a relatively kind of pandemic-safe environment. Yeah. And we can start kind of travelling in Victoria yeah. and hopefully soon interstate, well, and that makes me happy. Totally. We can see our family and friends oh. live further than yeah. that live beyond the Victorian border. And uh, on that, I just remembered something else that drove me crazy in the beginning of the pandemic was that I was really trying to feel grateful, like grateful for our hospital services and grateful that my children were healthy and grateful that um you know the school was able to pivot to online and i actually got so freaking sick of being grateful I know, like, it's it shat me. i couldn't do it yeah. i wasn't grateful i was just shitty angry shitty that i had to live you couldn't go where i wanted to go I couldn't do what i wanted to do and had to shut my clinic i was really really shitty so now i feel grateful yeah i never felt grateful through it all no <laughs> You've come around. I've just come around in the last 24 hours. And and I think, like, again, what you were saying before, like, that's okay. Just own it. Like, yeah. you've got to realise I'm not going to feel grateful because I've got so many choices taken away from yeah. me. Yes, I'm healthy. I'm, and, and it sounds like I'm being, like, you know, an idiot. But all the things that you take for granted, like good health, good access to healthcare, yes, those things are amazing. Put them to the side and then there was a lot. I was grieving. I was mm-hmm. grieving not being able to make choices, not being able to see my friends, not being able to do my job, not being able to go to work. And That's I, okay. And, yeah. It? But it wasn't that a weird patch to oh, go through. It was because yeah. I felt like depending on who you would speak to, it's like you had kind of the grateful camp, be yeah. grateful, be grateful. Yeah. Then you had the other camp who was like life isn't ever going to improve. I yeah. wasn't there. But it's like I want to feel a sense of loss for the things I feel like I've yeah. lost. And I don't want anyone to minimise that for me. Totally. And if you are, I might hang up on the phone and start crying. Well, so I guess, you know, yeah, <laughs> each, each month you were cancelling another holiday that you yeah. had planned. And I know that's frivolous, but, like, I was oh. looking forward to my hiking in Japan trip for a year in advance. But that's your passion. And yeah. I've said this to a number of people. Whether your passion is your work, whether your passion is travel, when you lose something, it's yeah. a loss. And it doesn't matter how important it may seem to, you know, person X. Yeah. It's important to you. It's a loss. And you own it. And it's important. And I feel like now that we're all coming out of this, we as people, or certainly I am, I can reflect on things that I now know make me happy. Exactly. And I value that because I'm yeah. like, I, I really miss my friends and yeah. my family. I missed having the simple liberty of being able to leave my five kilometres yeah. away just for no reason. And drive over the Yarra. Yeah. Drive over the Yarra. Yeah. Just go to the botanical gardens, yeah. for goodness sake. Yeah. So on that note, 
Happiness is what we're about at Happy Collective. So we procure and source products that really fundamentally are about wellness and promote happiness. Maybe. Happy vibes, we want to deliver the happy vibes. So if you were to kind of surmise in a few words, a few sentences, what fills your bot bucket? What defines happiness for Chloe? What would they be? So, and this is kind of new because, um, yeah, so what makes me feel happy is being around my family. So I've got over my, you know, annoyance at my husband and children and I genuinely, <laughs> uh, genuinely love the place where we're at the moment because I've always felt like there's a bit of a push. It's always been like busy and just getting stuff done, like flipping through the pages of the bedtime story, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so that, so spending time with my family particularly the kids, like they're at this awesome age where they're quite independent and they're really wanting to chat about deep, deeper stuff, interesting, fun stuff. So um, you don't just have to roll your eyes and go, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's exactly. all like, conversation. It's fascinating. I love it. Like my son explaining to me about, you know, the slop meme for the Nevada um, <laughs> votes. Can you explain it to <laughs> me? Because I'm so confused. I'm a 12-year-old. It's amazing. <laughs> So that so they definitely fill my bucket, and I find myself catching myself enjoying spending time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, sunshine, good weather. Oh, mm. I've got definite Science. seasonal affective disorder. Mm. So as soon as the sun comes out, I'm like a billion times happier. Being in nature, spending time with my friends, and exercise. Then they're the non-negotiables. Well, I love that, Chloe. And look, I hope you've all enjoyed our chat today with Chloe Lawback. I certainly have. I'm so pleased at a personal level that Fit to Deliver is back open and I get my Pilates fix. I did have a little laugh today with Diva, if you're listening, that my legs went out at one point and I needed help getting them back up. So we all (laughs) definitely need a bit of strength training. So thanks, Chloe. Thanks for enjoying the, not wine today, but champagne. And let's go enjoy the sunshine. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.